Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. So, um, I entitled this new series, uh, The Difference Maker. Say, The Difference Maker. Uh, and it's going to be a little elementary at first, but I'm going to break it down the next three weeks because there's so much things. But without this factor, we cannot be Christians. We cannot live victoriously. And unfortunately, it has, has been a lost, a, uh, a lost reality and focus in many churches all around the world and many Christians. And I, I do want to say prophetically that I feel like this year, uh, what was sown in tears shall now be reaped in joy. The, the Bible says that in, uh, in uh, the uh, book of Psalms, and, um, and, I, and I'm seeing some of my friends who've been laboring, and I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage the Sturgeons, and I want to encourage the, those of you who have been laboring. I know that there's other of you that have been laboring and laboring and laboring. I believe there's a suddenly coming to you, to you guys because I'm in agreement with you. Amen. Now look at Acts chapter, how many excited for the word this morning? Uh, I believe that there's a lot of people here in this room that in a couple of months you guys are going to be in positions of influence and leadership even in this church. And so um, Acts chapter 19, I have a lot of notes, but I'm, I'm spreading it out to you. Because, you know, one of the things that's difficult for me when I start a, ser- uh, a series is I have to gather all the information, right? And I told some of my staff, it's like getting 50 DVDs and sifting through all of them and then ha- getting clips from each and every one to, to create a movie. And so uh, I've put a lot of prayer and thought, and it's no coincidence that I'm starting the new year with this and we're fasting tomorrow. Now I want you to see, especially with us, I want everyone to have an open mind about this because this is something that we all need to refocus on. And Let's look at Acts chapter uh, 19, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Most of you already know. But Acts chapter uh, 19, verse 1, if you're there, shout amen. amen. Right, in the NLT version, it says this. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul the Apostle traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. Now listen to this. On the coast where he found several believers. Come on, so, so, so Jesus already resurrected, he's traveling, preaching the gospel of Jesus, and he finds believers. Now, these are not unbelievers, these are not heathens, these are people who are truly wanting to follow the Lord. So he, he found believers, and look what he, look at the first question that he, he, you know, that is recorded on here. He didn't say, man, this is a great building, man, this is a great facility, you got some good conferences going on here, this is awesome. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, now, to us, because we've read the book and we've had all these experiences that we call Holy Spirit, and some of them is and some of them is not, right? It's easy for us to say amen, but they had no clue what Paul was talking about. What do you mean, Casper the Ghost? You know what I mean? What do you mean, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit? Who? Are you, what is this? Look at their. Look at the believers' response. No, they replied, "We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard that there is." Now, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I want. This is a foreshadow of some or many in the body of Christ. We don't even know. We have. We don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? I just love Jesus. Yes, you're right. But I'm going to break something down in the next three or four weeks that is super important. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Okay, that was a, a, 
And Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus, right? Because he was baptizing people before Jesus came. You know that, right? He was baptizing people before Jesus came. And now Jesus came, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. As soon as they heard this, and he was explaining this to these believers, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, all right? That means they got into water, they baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now watch. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, amen. Thank you for that one amen. Amen. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Now, don't get weird out on me. Don't freak out on me. Unfortunately, a lot of people, when they hear tongues and Holy Spirit falling, they freak out. But we're, it was never meant to be a freak show. It meant to be a normal show. It meant to be an everyday life because I'm here to announce you can't even be saved and follow Jesus without the person of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. You could have an admiration for Jesus. You could want to follow that man Jesus because of his good ways. And you may want to accept the Bible as truth, but without repenting and being born again, you cannot have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And on top of that, that's where people don't even realize what happened to them when they got saved. That's a whole other sermon that most believers have no clue what happened when they were born again and they gave their life to the Lord. Do you realize that when you gave your life to the Lord and you were born again, that means that you repented of your sin and you said, Lord, come to my life and I turn my back from the world? Do you know that at that very instant, if you meant it, the Holy Spirit came upon you, sorry, inside of you, changed you, took the blood of Jesus and cleansed you, right? And you were regenerated because, and a new creation, because now the Holy Spirit lives in you. But I want to say something here because I want you to know that, and and that's fine, that's fine, uh, Zach, I want you to know something. While he was preaching, he actually encountered believers that may have um, admiration for the Lord, but they knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. Let me pause and say this. If you were to take a silent poll today about the people that love Jesus or say they follow Jesus or want to do good, the, the things of the Lord, many of them have no clue who the Holy Spirit is, the role of the Holy Spirit in their life, and why he's here. I have news for you. Here's a news flash. Here's a revelation. Jesus is no longer on earth. Well, you know, I saw Jesus walking. I saw Jesus. Listen, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I, and he's delegated the person of the Holy Spirit to be on earth for the activity that the Lord wants to do on this earth, and he wants to pour it into every believer. Without the person of the Holy Spirit, we are lost. And I want to share some things with you because we need to reintroduce the person of the Holy Spirit, the role and the activity of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And you say, well, well, you know what, we need to focus on Jesus. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to tell you a little foreshadow. If you, if you invite and focus and fellowship and know about the person of the Holy Spirit, you will know that scripturally he will always point you back to Jesus. Because the, Jesus came to reveal the Father, but the Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. Oh, come on, church. 
And we have many Christians and ministries operating with a lot of technological advances and a lot of great things to almost substitute the lack of power in their life or in their services. So they, they have these technological advances and the mood is just right for worship and the light is just right. The fog machine is just right. The stage light is just right. And we create an ambiance for a, for a worship experience that is all nice and cuddly and fluffy and great. And we think that that is the, the, the authentic power of the Holy Ghost. Do you think that just because the mood is right, the light is right, that the Holy Spirit is in that church? The Holy Spirit may not be in the church because, not because people are not saved. Yes, people are saved. It's because in our ignorance, we push them out. In our ignorance, we push the Holy Spirit out. We don't want the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives. I want you to put that first slide up, Zach. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker in our walk with the Lord that we need to prioritize once again. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm, listen, 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 listen. Say, Holy Spirit. He's here for you. He's here to help you. You need to invite him into your daily walk. You need to invite him in your job. You need to invite him out in, in your struggles and your trials because it's the Holy Spirit that was left here on earth to reside in you and then later come upon you. And when he comes upon you, you say, well, Pastor George, that's only for the disciples. No, that theology that all those stuff happened and stayed there is not right because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he, if he was alive back then and if he's still alive here, then the same Jesus that healed through the Holy Spirit now is the same Jesus that heals through the Holy Spirit today. And there's so many people who are and I say this in love, ignorant to the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ahead of a lot of myself. Now, a lot of you, this is basic, but to many of you, you just go to church and you have no idea what the role of the Holy Spirit is, his personality, his work in your life. You have no idea, and you're struggling. I remember there's years ago there was a young man who is now a pastor. I won't say his name. This young man years ago, and I didn't know this per, uh, personally, but I heard this through a story. He was a leader in a youth group. And he, was, and he loved Jesus, but he didn't have the revelation of, of the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of him. And, and, and that he's a chain breaker because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And he was struggling with pornography. And he was struggling with all these things. And he kept going to counseling, kept going to counseling. And all of a sudden one day, the youth pastor said, have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, No. And again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I want to give you a whole view. Then we're going to chop it up and give it to you in nice little, you know, plates, right, spiritually, right? And so he, he said, no. He said, well, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to overcome a lot of these things that are binding you. The Holy Spirit is going to fill you with boldness, and he's going to fill you with freedom. Well, he surrendered. He talked to the Lord. He said, Lord, I want to be filled. The Holy Spirit filled him, and he was completely free from that addiction. Completely free. Now, that is the filling of the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to talk in a couple weeks from now. Uh, so I want to build your faith in the next couple weeks so that you could say, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, it's impossible to have a true, authentic, born-again experience without having the Holy Spirit residing in us. Listen to this. I love this. Look at Acts, uh, the book of Acts 2, verse 38 and 39 in the NLT. Sorry, did I, did I skip something? No, I didn't. 
Look in the NLT. Look at this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. I'm going to give you a little foundation first. And be baptized in the name of Jesus, right, for forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit after you repent. So those who are saved, you, 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 what made you saved, what made you changed is the person of the Holy Spirit. When you said, Lord, Jesus, however you said it, Jesus come into my heart. Jesus come into my life, and if you truly repented, you know what truly happened? If you truly knew the righteousness of God is now in you. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God. The Holy Spirit, watch this, this is so beautiful. The righteousness that lives in you through the Holy Spirit can never be improved upon. (laughs) The righteousness that is in you through the Holy Spirit can never be improved upon. You can never say, Holy Spirit, now be a little bit more righteous in me now. Your behavior can be improved upon, but the Holy Spirit inside of you is perfectly righteous. Could you, this is unbelievable. Do you realize what happened to you, church, when you got saved? When you got saved, the Spirit of God came. As a matter of fact, Romans says, the very Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you. Now, now pause and think of that. We look at the resurrection story and we, and we f- hear the trembling of the rocks in our mind and we, and we imagine Jesus coming out of the grave and we say, wow. But I'm here to tell you that wow can, is in your life every day if you're born again. Then why are so many people defeated? Then why are so many people not experiencing the fullness of life? Why are so many people depressed? Why are so many Christians living a defeated life? I believe it's because, A, we've opened doors in ourselves. You know, the Holy Spirit's not going to force those doors closed for you. If you want to open those doors of sin, if you want to open those doors of darkness, unfortunately, we're going to reap the consequences. But let me tell you, if you yield yourself to the Lord and you invite the person of the Holy Spirit and a greater activity of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will walk in freedom and in power. And, and then you could have that every single day. Can I hear an amen? Now watch this. Uh, most of the church, seem, put that slide up, seems ignorant and uneducated in understanding who the Holy Spirit truly is and his essential function on the earth. Now, in the scripture of Acts chapter 19, the, the, the first one that we put up there, that's a pretty cool graphic, amen? The first scripture that we put up there, I just didn't want you to get confused because I, I saw it first. Um, Paul was talking something really, really powerful. So I want you to zoom in on me, okay? That was just my little, my little introduction. Now I'm going to get into my message. Acts chapter 19, when Paul the apostle came to believers and they had no clue who the Holy Spirit is, listen to me, watch this. This is the same reality that's happening in many churches now. We sing about the Holy Spirit. We read about the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen. We hear sermons about the Holy Spirit. We, we, we feel the Holy Spirit, but we have no clue who the Holy Spirit is in most cases of our life. We have no We have no clue that he could be grieved and he could be wounded and he could be quenched. And he, we have no clue that all these books that we read, all these songs that we sing, do we really know who the Holy Spirit is in our lives and his role for every believer? When's the last time you, you woke up and you fellowshiped 
with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, you, you may think I'm weird, but you know these, these people had a secret. These, these, uh, these early church people had a secret that we didn't know. And when, when Paul would end his, his, uh, some of his epistles, he said, may the grace of God and the love of God be with you and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. They knew something that we didn't know. They had deep fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I heard someone powerful say this, you walk in the Spirit to the degree that you fellowship with the Spirit. The book of Galatians says, walk in the spirit so that you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, I'm going to say that again because some of you realize that you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh and we're not walking in the spirit. So how do you walk in the spirit? By communing and fellowshipping with the spirit and surrendering yourself completely to the word of God. You walk in the spirit so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I ask Permit, I ask the Holy Spirit to anoint me every single time I preach because, the, the, listen, listen, I may be good and you may like me, but I'm nothing without the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, I, the, Paul the Apostle, and I'm going to share it to you in just a second, could not do ministry. As a matter of fact, he publicly said, I depend on the Holy Spirit for my preaching. Every single time I come up here, I say the same exact thing. I say, Lord, I cannot preach without you, and I will not preach without you. I say, I literally say, and I will not preach without you. And then I say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to just preach with good persuasive language, but in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. You ha we have to involve the person of the Holy Spirit once again in our lives. And because we neglect the person of the Holy Spirit and we re and neglect the scriptures, we slowly start fading away and we have lost the fire. Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He's also a fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit is what keeps our passion hot for Jesus. For Jesus. Can I hear an amen? And so... The church, for the most part, has committed a blunder and a mistake. And that blunder and mistake, whether subconsciously or consciously, is this, that we have forgotten about the Holy Spirit. And not only have we forgotten about the Holy Spirit, and I say this in a loving way, and I don't say with this we have it all together by any means, but in most churches, it, can, I, can I just be real? Can I, do you allow me to be real? Well, I'm going to be real if you don't allow me to. <laughs> most churches are dead. They're dead. No one wants to go to church anymore because there's people there and there's worship there and, and there's very little Holy Spirit there. So the sad thing is not that we have all these technological gadgets because we love technology. All right? I'm seeing myself there. Okay. We love Facebook. Why? Because it's getting the message across. The sad thing is not that. The sad thing is that the church has put more bank on technology in substitute for the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. Because we think that if we have all these things, it will overshadow our lack of involvement of the Holy Spirit in our church and in our life. And a lot of times, can, I'm just going to be very blunt with you. The reason why many churches don't want the activity of the Holy Spirit is because when the Holy Spirit comes, he, he messes everything up that man has planned. <laughs> so we don't want the Holy Spirit because we want to put him in a box. Come on, somebody. We want to put, put him in a box and we say, well, listen, Jesus, you have 45 minutes to move. Holy Spirit, do your thing. This is my service. And the Holy Spirit says, then I'm not welcome here. I'm not going to move here. But watch this. When he moves, 
people start coming on the altar like they did last week. And, and, peop, and people start crying and moving. And it gets a little messy spiritually because it's not cookie cutter. It's not order. But let me tell you something. The wind of the Spirit comes and changes people's lives. I don't want to be a part of a church that has it all together but has very little presence of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to have a church that says, you know what, we could go for an hour or an hour and a half in worship. We could, we could go to a place where maybe the Holy Spirit decides to speak. God forbid. The Holy Spirit decides to speak through a couple of prophetic words and, we're, and, and people, I, I see it all the time. Because we come from different denominations, so it's just, it's, we're, different, we're a big fan. So I can't believe all this. So here it goes again. Look, look at this, honey. Look at that. Look at that. What a show. It's, that's why you're not receiving anything. That's why you're not receiving anything because the critical mind hardly receives anything from, from the Holy Spirit. Because a critical mind will always be, is always dissecting how, what's wrong in the service. And let me tell you something. You, you, you wound the Holy Spirit by criticizing. You, if you don't believe me, I, in Thessalonians there's a whole there's a whole list. Pray always, don't do this. And then it says have bitter, stay away from bitter language, right? Uh, stay away from all that. And then it says uh, don't be angry with each other. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. And it keeps on. Do not despise prophecies. It has a list, but before it even says that, it's highlighting the criticalness and the bitterness that we have. It's time, you want victory in your life, it's time to reintroduce the Holy Spirit into your life. Come on, say amen. And say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, I want to know you because you've been sent by the Father so to not only live in me, but to help me in my Christian walk. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is, and as a result of this neglect, we in the body of Christ have produced a Watch this, self-righteous entitlement Christianity because we have no Holy Spirit ruling our lives, no Holy Spirit wanting to convict us, right? We just love the Lord, but we don't want, we, we're living in shallow, shallow waters, and we're, and we're producing a hype Christianity, and we think that that noise and, and, and charisma is the Holy Spirit. I love Charisma. I love my personality is very charismatic, but just because you're charismatic does not mean that that's the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? So, so here's the thing. Before I tell you some things about the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you a couple things of what the Holy Spirit is not. Because in the body of Christ, we, especially a, a non-denominational church like us, we have labeled the Holy Spirit everything. I mean, we, we, we go, we, we, we Holy Spirit everything out, right? Look at the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit out, the Holy Spirit out. Well, may, no, maybe that's just your desire. So we, we look at things and we say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. I'm going to tell you a couple things that are not the Holy Spirit. And I just said one of them. Look at it. The Holy Spirit is not enthusiasm or increased loudness. There's a lot of people, and I'm just saying this honestly, all right? There's a lot of people in a church service that will, that will say, uh, hear someone shout or someone scream, or, or they're very enthusiastic and say, oh, look, the Holy Spirit. The Holy, Holy Spirit's on them. Well, maybe that is true, but maybe they're just really excited about worshiping Jesus, right? 
I mean, we leave our emotions out of the way when God gave us our emotions, right? But just because we're enthusiastic and just because we're a little loud doesn't mean you have the Holy Spirit or that you're, you're honoring the Lord in your life and you're honoring the Spirit. Let me tell you, you can, live, you can be as loud as a firecracker and be dead as a nail inside. Oh, come on, come on. You could shout and say hallelujah and then go slap your wife after service or, 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 or hit your kids in a, in a, a bad way or, or, or have this addiction to whatever it is. But, yet, but wow, you shouted in church. Look how spiritual they are. So the Holy Spirit is that, listen, I know many people uh, that are very, that they, very enthusiastic even with their giftings, but they're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They're not sensitive to what the Spirit says. What is the Spirit saying? And I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I'll tell you what the Spirit's saying in a second. So it, the Holy Spirit is not enthusiasm or increased volume, right? Now look at the second one. Uh, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this. The Holy Spirit is not a supplement. Woo! Come on. In our walk with God, he's the main ingredient in order to have any scriptural relationship with God. Now, I'm going to break that down. But you say, scriptural? Scriptural relationship? Listen, I want to read that again. The Holy Spirit is not a supplement. In other words, he's not a side thing that we do, that we have in our Christian walk and say, hey, I just need a little supplement to get my day. And we've relegated the Holy Spirit to pockets of ministry. When there's high pockets of ministry, then we say, that's the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something that's going to make you shout. The Holy Spirit is not a, a badge that we put on our spiritual life in, po in pockets of high ministry to prove or display our Christianity. The Holy Spirit is not a, 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 holy, a, a badge that we say, look how spiritual I am because in this moment, I'm really shaking and I'm really shouting. He is not a supplement. He's the main ingredient. Come on, say amen. When it comes to a Christian life, he's more like the air that we breathe than just the fuel. He's more of the air that we breathe instead of just the fuel. You can survive a little bit without fuel, but you can't survive without air. Are you ready for this? I'm going to prove that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 in the Amplified Version. Now watch. I saw this and I said, I, I read this for years. But the Amplified Version says something about, about when, I said, when I said you can't have a scriptural, a scriptural relationship with Jesus without the Holy Spirit. You can't. You said, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking of the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit of God can ever say Jesus be cursed. What he's, saying, what he's saying is the Holy Spirit will never prompt you to say that. He will never, he will never prompt you to say, curse Jesus. Because he's pure. He lives inside of you. Right? Now watch this. And no one can really say Jesus is, I love this, my Lord. Woo! Except by under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Hello? Hello? I used to read that scripture and I was like, well, well, come on, Lord. People can say Jesus is Lord without you, without the Holy Spirit. And then I used to read that in the King James language and the, King, and the, and the New King James Version. And I didn't understand it because I didn't go deeper. What he's saying is if you are truly born again, that's the only way he can say, my Lord is Jesus. Jesus is my Lord because I've experienced him myself. 
I've experienced him myself. I've handled him. I've touched him. That's why John says, that which I have seen, that which our hands have handled, we declare to you. Let me tell you something. The person of the Holy Spirit needs to be reintroduced in your walk with God. He's the power of the Trinity. Let me tell you something, and he's living inside every believer. I'm going to keep going fast because of time. When it comes to this, you, you and I have to understand something, that the, that the only hope for effectiveness in ministry and walking with God. Paul the Apostle says something that I just said, but I want you to see it in the NLT. Because if Paul the Apostle, who went to the third heaven, think about this, guys. He went to the third heaven in a vision. If he's saying, I can do nothing without the reality of the Holy Spirit in my life, then I think it's pretty fair to say that we can't do anything apart from the Holy Spirit in our walk with God. Here's the beautiful thing. I've said this before, and I say it again because a lot of new people. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit walked with man. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit lives in man. And I remember saying this story to my kids that they didn't understand. They're like, you know, what what do you mean years ago? And I said, okay, it's like this. Do you want to have Superman walking with you or do you want to have the powers of Superman in you? Come on, Holy Ghost. Do Do you want Superman to go with you all the time or do you want the power of Superman? And I used to say, we're the, through the Holy Spirit, we're, we're God's original superheroes. We have x-ray vision called discerning of the Holy Ghost. You can look at someone that say, yeah, I'm doing good. And the sermon will say, no, he's not. Go ahead and pray for them. They're about to commit suicide, and they, they, they don't want to say anything. But discernment says, right, right we, could, we, could, we could run real fast. Because of, <laughs> and leap over tall buildings spiritually because we shall run up and mount up with wings of eagles, right? We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have interpretation of prophecy, the Bible says. We have, we have the gift of prophecy that's given. What are those gifts called? Gifts of the? Gifts of the? Gifts of the? Spirit. Of the Spirit. And he has fruits of the Spirit, which talk more about character of the Spirit. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you getting something this morning? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 1 through 5. I love this in the NLT. One of my favorite scriptures, but I love how it reads in the NLT. When I first came to you, this is the Apostle Paul. Dear brothers and sisters, I did not use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Let me pause and say this. You guys will be bored out of your mind if that's what I did to you. If there was no po- listen, if there was no power of the Holy Spirit after the preaching of the gospel, you will never be changed. Uh-oh, I'm going to go there for a second. We hear churches in America are more inspirational services, motivational speeches. You could do it, believe in yourself, and you'll be okay. Well, I have believed in myself for the last 20 years, and I'm still defeated. I need a change. Well, 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 you know what? All you need to do is just do good and God will love you. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Without the Holy Spirit, you and I will be changeless. Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. And, and again, a lot of preachers use lofty words in the absence of the Holy Spirit so that they could try to impress people. I don't know about you, but I'm not impressed with all that. Oh, Father, will I bequeath thee with the Holy Ghost of the, of the Most High, and I will tell you all the oracles of the Lord that will come upon thee in the next hour. And I'm like, like, you turn and it's like, what did he just say, right? 
So I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Watch this. For I decided, I decided, he had a choice, that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. Are you ready for this? And my message, watch, I'm going to say something right now. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Let me just stop. This is funny to me. Paul was saying, I'm not a good preacher, guys, in the natural. I'm just very, I'm kind of plain. Right? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really that good. I, I'm going to bore you. But what I'm going to tell you next is going to cause you to get your attention every single time I preach. And he's this. I, I'm just a very plain preacher. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. In the power of God. There's a lot of people that could run circles around me, probably even in this room, with your oratory skills. But God is not impressed with that, and people are not going to be changed with nice, great oratory skills. That would be good if you had that and you have the Holy Spirit. But Paul the Apostle said, look, without the Holy Spirit, all these signs and wonders that you see, the Bible says in Acts chapter 19, he was so entrenched with the Holy Spirit, so entrenched with God, that he, they would take pieces from his from his clothing, he was so anointed, and lay it on people's beds or put it on sick people, and they would get healed. Now, now, if I did that nowadays, oh, look at that. Look at that, look at that preacher trying, trying to sell stuff. Now, again, yes, there are, this day and age, there are abuses to that. There's a lot of abuse in that, and I hate that, and you hate that, right? But could you imagine that you were so anointed and so filled with the Spirit that it even transcended into your clothes? So that when, when somebody far away needed a deliverance and Paul can be there, just said, look, cut this, give this to him. And by the time they go to bed, when they wake up, they're going to get delivered. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've seen stories. I've seen stories. That's where they had a handkerchief. And they, they pray for the handkerchief. And, they, and this, I heard a story one time of a, of, a, of a wife who was praying for her husband, praying for her husband, praying for her husband. And her husband was just a, a drunkard and, and would sometimes beat her. And she would just pray and pray and pray. And one day she went to her service and she asked God uh, to, to send a, a, someone to pray. And they prayed and anointed that, uh, that cloth, right? It sounds weird, right? It sounds weird. Anointed that cloth and, with anointing oil and prayed the power of God that the next time that someone comes in contact with that, that cloth, by faith, there's no power in that cloth, by faith, God was going to do it. So they prayed. And they put, this lady put the, the cloth underneath, snuck it in, into the bed. Oh, give, me a, give me a lady some ideas now. <laughs> They're like, hey, man. I'm gonna. The next day, the man woke up. And I believe the story was he went to the bathroom and something happened. And he was getting delivered. And he repented to his wife for how he was treating her. Come on, say amen. I'm not exaggerating. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? We're living in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit has been dispensed according to Acts chapter 2. And that's in week 3. In week 3, just be here because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit coming upon you. They waited. I'm just going to give you a taste. They waited. They waited. And they were praying and they were waiting. And all of a sudden the Bible says, uh, listen, I, I want to pause this. They were already saved, and they were waiting for the promise of the Father. Now, why are you waiting for something if you're already saved? Hello? 
Why are you waiting for something if you already received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? They already had the Holy Spirit in them, but these people were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And the Bible says that after the Holy Spirit came, after a mighty rushing wind came in that place, they changed. You know how I know they know, changed? The Bible says they all spoke the word of God with boldness. These are these guys that were timid, and Peter had just, had just denied the Lord, and they're in there, and they're praying. And all of a sudden, that same Peter, glory to God, that same Peter, that same Matthew, that all were timid, and they were, everyone left them. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, they looked at the same people that crucified Jesus, and they, start, and they, and they challenged them in their faith to turn to the Lord. Even Stephen, I mean, I, I will never do this to you. Stephen, the Bible says that, that, that he, was, he was martyred. But before he was martyred, he was so filled with the Holy Spirit that he was not scared of anyone. Could you imagine that you're so filled with the Holy Spirit and you are speaking to people that have the authority to kill you if you say the name of Jesus. Don't say the name of Jesus. Let's say if you were in a, 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 another land that was strictly... Uh, um, so, People that don't know the Lord and they vehemently against the, the scriptures, vehemently against uh, the, uh, Jesus. And you get up there and you share the gospel with love and boldness, knowing that they could throw you in jail. You know what the Bible says that Stephen said? <laughs> At the end of his discourse, he, the Bible says he was so filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, you stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he said, you, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised people. You oh, he said, you always resist the Holy Spirit. He was, he was bold as a lion. You know why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So many Christians do not have boldness because they don't know the power that is residing in them. Come on, say amen. So the Holy Spirit is not an accessory. The Holy Spirit is not compartmentalized. Like, I don't have more of the Holy Spirit in me when I'm up here than when I'm sitting down. Now, there's times where the anointing comes on you for service, and that's when heightened uh, power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me tell you, he even changed Saul. <laughs> the Bible says Saul became a different man. Can I hear an amen? Look at this. He could not, Paul could not actively do ministry without the Holy Spirit. He just said it in the Corinthians. That makes me happy. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is it that you're doing in ministry? Let's just say ministry, right, that you feel stumped on and you're trying to do it in your own power. Why not invite the person of the Holy Spirit? Why not say, Holy Spirit, I am going to ask, I'm going to be more conscious of inviting you, talking to you, fellowshipping with you. If it wasn't possible, it would not be in the scriptures. Now, I'm going to say these five points and then we're going to pray because I want to whet your appetite for this. But before I do, the truth is we need the, the Holy Spirit for our finances. We need the Holy Spirit for direction. Come on. In, 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 in our jobs, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to tell us where we're going to move, where we're going to go, right? You, it, it include the Holy Spirit. He's the voice of God. Do you know that? You know the voice that you hear in your heart to have some sort of direction is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And there was, there was a, a book that changed my life uh, when I first got saved. It's called Good Morning Holy Spirit. And in there, I was just, 
I was this Catholic boy, nothing wrong with, with, with a Catholic boy, but in my upbringing, in my Catholic ways, no one ever taught me to read, the, the, like, like the priest would never tell, encourage the people to read the word. Never tell people to, to, to walk in the spirit or pray for the Holy Spirit to come. I just went there for the donuts. I love the donuts there. I did. I'll be honest. I went, I went. I was like, I'll, I'll go. There's going to be donuts in there. And it'll be, watch this. It'll be done exactly in an hour. Let me tell you something. I'm not against those churches that do that. But what I'm saying, if you control the service, then there's a problem. Right? <laughs> Bumper stickers years ago. God is my co-pilot. I'm like, what is wrong with you? God is not your, your co-pilot. He's your pilot. Right? Let me, go, <laughs> let me go back there. So the Holy Spirit put that script, that uh, that a point up, Zach. The Holy Spirit has been sent by Jesus to have specific roles in us and for us on this earth. All right? So with that said, uh, probably the most popular and effective scripture to use when trying to talk about the Holy Spirit, those of you who know the Bible, the most, one of the most popular scriptures in the Gospels to describe in one shot. It's impossible, by the way. It's taken me several days. I've been walking with the Lord for several years, but when the Lord told me to do a series on the Holy Spirit, it's like saying, do, do, a, do a study on the ocean. Like, go in the ocean and, and, and do a quick, you know, uh, like, you, there, there's so much to explore. There's so much to know. There's so much to dig in that I'm trying to do my best and trying to give it to you in four, three or four weeks. So, uh, when, I, when I did this, I, I asked the Lord, like, what did you, what did you want? And so I'm going to share these things in John chapter 16 because John chapter 16, put that slide up there, Zach, um, describes specific aspects of the Holy Spirit's nature and role for that. Uh, sorry, role and role, and, and here are a few ones. But before we go, let's go to, to John 16 in the, watch this, Passion Translation. How many like the Passion Translation? All right, John 16, verse 7 and 8. Look, at, I'm going, I, I, I've, read this, I've read this scripture for years. I've never read it in the Passion Translation. And when I did, I, you could ask my wife, I shouted yesterday. I was like, babe, look at what it says here about the Holy Spirit. Guys, this should bring you comfort. Look at this. But here's the truth. Here's, so Jesus is now revealing to his disciples before he died a little bit of a hint about what is needed after he left, okay? He said, look, I, I got to go. And it's, no, 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 Jesus, don't go. Don't no. And Jesus is like, you guys don't understand. If I don't go, the difference maker, the, the way that you're going to live your Christian life won't come. So I have to go, right? Now watch. Here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, come on, I want you to just give high five to someone. The divine encourager will not be released to you. The divine encourager, in other, in other uh, translations, it's, uh, the word is used as comforter. Other translation is used um, uh, uh, helper or, or, or comforter. But in this, ver in this version, it says the divine comforter will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send the divine comforter to you. How many need some comfort? Divine encourager, sorry, the divine encourager to come to you. He will, ex he will expose sin. This divine encourage the Holy Spirit, and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12 with me. There is so much more I would like to say to you. Jesus is saying, listen, without the Holy Spirit, you can't understand everything that I'm trying to tell you. There's so much more I'd like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. But, Lord Jesus, 
I just get excited. I, I just get excited. But when the truth-giving spirit, there's another phrase for you. The truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth. Are you following what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will reveal every truth within you. He won't speak on his terms, but only what he hears from the Father. This is the Holy Spirit. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. And he will glorify me on the earth. So those of you who say, oh, stop talking too much about the Holy Spirit. Here's the, here's the thing. What does the Holy Spirit think about babies, whatever Jesus thinks about babies? What does the Holy Spirit saying about abortion? What is the Spirit saying about abortion? What Jesus said about, thinks about abortion. What is Holy Spirit saying about a carnal lifestyle? What Jesus says about a carnal lifestyle. Because he always points to Jesus. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you this. This is, this is a beautiful secret. Seriously, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to you more. I ask, Holy Spirit, help me to see Jesus like he sees me. Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus like you love Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal to me Jesus because you're the truth-giving spirit. I want to know Jesus in his fullness, and I can't know him without inviting the Holy Spirit to give me that revelation. Open my eyes, Holy Spirit, to the beauty of Jesus, and he'll do it. He'll do it. And, I, and you ask the Holy Spirit these things. Glory to God. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything, look, 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 guys, 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 guys. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. Are you ready for this? That's why I say the divine encourager will receive all that is mine and reveal it to you. We've been missing revelation, deep revelation, because we have excluded the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've excluded him in our prayer times. We've excluded him in the fact that he is real. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share five points, and then we're going to close, and we're going to pray. Are you ready? So who is the Holy Spirit? And this is elementary for some of you, but I want to recap because it's going to build. He is a person. I kept saying this over and over in this service, but if you read John 16, he, Jesus didn't say, and it will come, and it will show you, and it will say. You know what he, Jesus repeatedly said in John 16? I will go, but he will show you, and he will come, and he, guys, that means the Holy Spirit has a personality, he could feel, he could love, he has intellect, he, he has a will, he has a will, he has the Father's will, but he is a person, that means he could feel your love, but he could also be grieved by our actions, and listen to me, I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm getting ahead of myself a lot, because I've studied a lot for this, so there's a lot that's probably three weeks from now that you're going to hear again, but it's this, only love could grieve. Because if you have a person that's in jail, that's your son, and he's in jail, or your daughter, and she's in jail, listen, and, or, and then you have a friend that has a son that's in jail, right? You will not grieve, you, you will be sad if you have, if, if a friend of yours said, look, my son is in jail, my daughter's in jail, and, you, and that time your daughter and your son has never been in jail, you'd never know that experience. 
You, you will be able to have, feel sorry for them and pray, but it doesn't stab you in the heart. It, that sword doesn't go in your heart like if it's your own kid and he's in jail and she's in jail. Then there's a grief because only love could grieve. The fact that the Holy Spirit is grieved is because he loves you. And that our lifestyle hurts him. He's a gentleman. He's a person. He will never rush you. He will, he, will never, he will never force you. But he'll always lead you if you let him. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. He didn't force Jesus to the wilderness. He led Jesus to the wilderness. He will take you as far as you let him. He will take you as far as as you let him. So he's a person. Say a person. He could feel your pain. The Holy Spirit wants to be invited in your life. Would you invite him in your life? Would you fellowship with the Spirit of God? Would you invite him in your daily activity? Number two. Number two. Oh, this is great. The Holy Spirit is our divine encourager. This is TPT, which is the passage translation. He's the helper, New King James Version, and a comforter, all the same, in all times of grief, suffering, and guidance. Do you know that feeling that you feel when you pray for comfort for the Lord and you say, Lord Jesus, comfort me? You know what he does without you knowing? He's sending his Holy Spirit to comfort you. It's the Holy Spirit that encourages you, strengthens you. Listen, and 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 helps you in the times of trouble. And I looked up the word, and many of you know this, divine encourager or comforter. And what is it? Come on, those of you who know the Bible. <laughs> Paraclete. Paraclete, the Bible, the word comforter, the word divine encourager, helper, all those are the same words. In the Greek is paraclete, now I'm gonna, or parakletos, all right? Do you know what that means? I'm going to read it for you, and then you're going you're gonna to high-five someone or maybe yourself. I don't know. So, so one that is summoned on, to the side to aid and help. That's paraclete. Summoned. Oh, I love it. God, Father's like, help him. Help humanity in their walk with God. Paraclete means one who is summoned to the aid or help of someone. One who pleads another's cause before a judge. What, I'm, I'm reading it from the, the Greek lexicon here, okay? One who pleads for someone in front of a judge. He's the, he's the, the, the mediator. Jesus is the mediator, but the Holy Spirit is the one who pleads, right? Look at this. A counselor for defense to defend people. Now, this, I read this. This is going to excite me. I, I, I didn't even know this. I read this, and, and I'm going to read it word for word. An intercessor. No, no, no. I want to say that again. Parakletos also means intercessor. I'm going to say that again because I got one. My mind is blown. Do you know what you're doing when you're interceding? You're, you're coming on the behalf of people. You're fighting and defending on the behalf of people through the Spirit, through prayer. It says, it says, it says intercessor in the Greek, right? A helper that gives divine strength. Glory to God. 
So he's, he's the divine encourager. He's your comforter. The Holy Spirit is the one who comforts you in all your distresses and sorrow. It's time that we reintroduce him to the church. It's time that we say, Holy Spirit, you are my comforter, and I'm asking you to come in and break in and defend in a great way. And number three, I'm going to have the worship team come up here, guys, please. The worship team could come up. The Holy Spirit is our convictor. Watch this. Is God and our convictor. Now, I, I, I did this on purpose. We must understand something. Now, I, I, I know some of you guys are going to look at me really weird. But the Holy Spirit is not the lesser of the three. The Holy Spirit is not just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. They're three in one, watch, God, and he is our convictor. I could speak, but only God through me can convict you. Only God can convict. Now, now watch this. Now, where do I see that? It's in verse 8, I believe. In verse 8 through 11 in John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 8 through 11, what does it say? What does it say? And he will convict, and when he comes, he will expose it and convict people of sin, and the other translation says convict people of sin and prove that the world is wrong. Now, now look at this, look at this, look at this for a second, guys. The Holy Spirit is God because only God can convict. The Bible says it's the goodness of, come on, the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So only God can convict. And you know how I want to prove it to you that, that the Holy Spirit is God? It's like an egg, right? An egg, you don't, you know, nowadays you could go to the, um, to the store and get egg whites, right? But before you get egg whites, it was all in one. It just didn't appear on a plant. Like, like egg whites right there on a plant. There we go. I'm going to get it and I'm going to get No, it came from the egg. But what do you have in the egg? You got the shell. You got the yolk. You got the egg white. But it's all one. Do you understand? And so what I'm trying to tell you is the Holy Spirit is our great convictor. Listen, listen, listen. When we, please hear me, what I'm trying to say, when we no longer feel conviction for what we used to feel conviction in, that is a sign that we have quenched the Holy Spirit in some sort of way. The Bible says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Wait, oh, wait, hear me, hear me closely. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. That means he can be quenched through your actions. That doesn't mean his power as God is diminished, but you and I could quench him. That is a scary reality. That's scary that says that, that we have the ability to quench the Holy Spirit, to grieve. Oh, how in the past I have grieved him, in the past how we have grieved him. And he's so gentle, and he's so there, he's still wooing us. You know that, you know that hurt that you feel, that stabbing that you feel when you sin? That's, that's the Holy Spirit being hurt. When we sin and we love the Lord, now people have got to a point where it no longer hurts them anymore to sin. They do it and they love it and they just close the door and they're like, sorry, Lord, you know, you know my weakness. They've got to a point where they've grieved the Holy Spirit so much that they no longer feel the pain of sin. That's scary. That's quenching the Spirit of God that was once in you. 
if you're less on fire now than you were uh, uh, five years ago, then what's the problem? Is that normal? Is that normal to be more on fire two years ago than you are now? Is it normal to be that? The Holy Spirit is our convictor. When we decide to ignore the Holy Spirit's promptings, it will slowly become less and less of a volume in your spirit. And then, unfortunately, you'll be bound. Because, watch this, where the Spirit of the Lord is liberty, right? Let's, let's reverse that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, it can be bondage. If where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, then what does it look like when He's not there? Do you remember the, remember, you remember the book of Acts? A lot of people, are the, you know, you remember the book of Acts? Ananias and Sapphira? Watch this. Put that up there, Zach. Everybody knows this, right? But I'm going to prove to you in one scripture, there's many, that the Holy Spirit is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Before, before I break this down, how would you feel if when we get baptized in water, you hear these words? I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Apostle Paul. But, but the Apostle Paul, I mean, he's, he's a great man. But you guys would be like, that, something's off about that. I, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and John. Well, John was pretty powerful. You'd be like, uh, I don't know what church this is. I don't know where we're going. What, what do we say? I baptize you in the Scripture in the name of the Father, Son, come on somebody, and the Holy Ghost. I, I'm an old timer, so sometimes I say Holy Ghost. Now, now watch. Look at this. Look at that Scripture up there, Acts chapter 5. And when he comes, no, Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, they sold the property, right? And they had every opportunity to say, look, this, this is what we made. You know, we're deciding to, to keep this. At that time, the Bible said everyone shared everything. So everything, everything, everybody had everything in common, right? But it was an agreement that they're like, okay, we're going to live this way, right? So no one was forcing them. No one was forcing them. They were just like, look. This is how we're going to live. We're going to live all in common. If you have stuff that you, and that I need, you have extra, you give it to me. But all he was saying is just like, just, just say the truth of what you have, right? But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. Do you see that? There's an error right there. He could have said, look, this is what the amount is. But he said, hey, Sapphira, this is culture going around now after Jesus kind of <laughs> resurrected. And we just sold our property. We've been waiting for years. Let's tell them that this is what we sold the property for. And we keep that. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Now watch. Look at this. Then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? You lied to the... What? So you lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not as you wish. So he's even admitting it. You could have done whatever thing you want, but you lied. Listen, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? Are you ready for this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Wait a minute. A verse before, he said, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? So he's saying, if you lied to the Holy Spirit, you didn't lie to us. You lied to God got quiet up in here. So I'm, I'm closing with this. 
my second closing. I got four, so you know, sometimes I got four or five closings. So I'm on my second. No, I promise, this is the last one. <laughs> See, that's why we're fasting and praying, because you could have to pray about that too. All right. No, number four. Now watch. I'm not going to get to five because I'm going to wait to break down number five, which I shared a little today um, and next week. But look at number four. The Holy Spirit, oh man, illuminates God's truth to those that have surrendered to their lives to Jesus. What did, what did the Amplified Version say? Or the, the TP, uh, T version, the Passion Translation, TPL, sorry. It says he's the truth giving, truth illuminator. So the Holy Spirit, listen to this. The fact that you and I can have revelation in Scripture comes only by the Holy Spirit. Because people that don't have the Holy Spirit, listen to me, and try to interpret the Bible, they interpret it as a historical document. And there's an old school Scripture that says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Look, look at what that, that Scripture says in Corinthians. And I'm about to close. Listen, without the Holy Spirit, humanity cannot interpret the Scriptures. You, you could go, listen, you could have five degrees. If you don't have, I'm telling you boldly, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you will interpret that to your own understanding. But the Bible says he illuminates truth. Have you ever read a scripture like ten times and then all of a sudden when you're going through something, the Holy Spirit will illuminate that same scripture and it it so ministered to you like it didn't do it before. Why? Because he's taking something for that moment. And he's giving revelation to you. Look at this. He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on eternity's new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Spirit. Because the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit pours life. If you try to read the scriptures without the involvement of the Holy Spirit, you will mis misinterpret truth. Always remember this in closing. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Lord, the, 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 the Scriptures. And so it, why do we have then many tra uh, translations or interpretations of what is allowed in Scripture? Because we're reading it through the eyes and the lens of humanity and not through the illuminator, which is the Holy Spirit. You know what the Bible says in Luke chapter 24? Here's Jesus coming. You know the story. Two people are walking and Jesus just resurrected and they're sad. And Jesus just walking around behind them. They didn't recognize him. And all of a sudden he ate bread with them, right? <laughs> and, he, and, and, and he started, before he broke bread and disappeared, the Bible says that he illuminated the scriptures to them. And the Bible says from Genesis to Revelation. Oh, man. He broke down about himself. It's like, look, this is where he talks about me over here in Genesis. And right over there in Leviticus, yeah, that Leviticus one, he was talking about me and that one. Come on, say amen. I want everyone to stand up. I want everyone to stand up. Thank you, Jesus. And number five, put number five up, Zach, and then we're going to pray. Is that number five? Holy Spirit, no. no. Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. The, the one before, he, he always glorifies Jesus.
the slide's supposed to say he glorifies Jesus, so just pretend it says that right now, okay? Because what I want you to know, if you guys could put that up there with me, is that he, the Holy Spirit, will never talk about himself. He will never glorify himself. He will always glorify Jesus. Why is it important then that we know who the Holy Spirit is? And next week, I'm going to talk about something that I want you guys to bring your family members because we're going to talk about the qualities of the Holy Spirit. But I'm also going to break down the word grieved and the word quenched because a lot of people have had questions. How can the Holy Spirit be grieved? I'm going to break down what that means. But today, I want us to lift up our hands right now. Come on. I want us to go into a worship song right now. And I want you to ponder the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. Not craziness, not hype. I, don't want you, I want you to right now close your eyes and remove every uh, thought that you had before about the Holy Spirit. I want you to remove your, the, the bad experiences that you had or what you think the Holy Spirit is. And I want you to invite Him in your life right now. Starting in 2020, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit in your life as an active part of your daily walk with the Lord. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.